everyone, and welcome to another very exciting Civilizations in Review. Uh, I'm very excited to chat about tonight's fascinating ancient civilization. We're here with Andre Hurutu, a wonderful content writer, um, currently based in the Netherlands, but from Romania. And with me uh, for many of these recent calls is Anna Marielle, um, calling in from another part of the world to chat all about this fabulous empire. Um, so welcome all again. We're currently live streaming this to Facebook. We will also cross post this to our Spotify, our Instagram, our website, and our YouTube page. So you can engage with this content as much as possible. Um, but this entire article uh, or video is based off of the article that Andra wrote. Um, there's going to be more great details there, a lot of hyperlinks and more fabulous uh, pieces of information we will not get you tonight. So if you get excited to learn more and, and read, please make sure to go to alfusaic.net and the Civilizations 101 section and scroll all the way down to Saffarids. Well, with that said, thank you both for being here. Very excited to learn all about this ancient community. Um, and I'll throw it to Anna to read the 101 word introduction. Take it away. Thank you so much. I'm very excited uh, to be here and that you wrote about this incredible dynasty or empire, uh, Andra. So I'll start us off with the introduction. Uh, so the Safarid dynasty was a Persian Sunni military dynasty from Sistan that ruled over parts of greater Iran between 861 and 1003. The Safarids were the first dynasty to seize power by force in the Islamic heartlands in, the sp in spring from the band uh, dynasty volunteer warriors for faith, or Mutatawiyah, whose mission was to fight infidels and heretics. Its capital was located in Saranj, a city now in northwestern, uh, southwestern Afghanistan, and the Amir Yaqub bin Laid Asafar was a former coppersmith from Sistan who was succeeded in power by his brother, Amir bin Laid. Both rulers followed a heavily expansionist style. Wow, what a great introduction. And what it looks like to me is that it sort of went in like many different areas uh, for this for this dynasty. Um, so tell us a little bit about how it was to kind of do the research and find these little pieces of information and sort of put them together. So first of all, thank you so much, Ben and Anna for having me. It's really a great pleasure to be here today. Um, it was really interesting when I started researching on it. And um, Ben, when I had a chat with Ben, he asked me, you know, what um, dynasty would you like to research on? So what I've done is that I went to the Alfsake website and I look at the dynasties which were available. And there was not very much on, on Google, on Wikipedia about the Safarids. Now the type of person who likes the challenge and I said, you know what? Let's see what I can find about them. So I have to admit it was a bit difficult at first because there is not so much information available, um, at least on Wikipedia or on the sources that you normally look for. So what I did is that I went on Gestor and on some other academic websites about history, and that's where I found most of the information. So it was for me a very educational process as well. Love it. Thank you for uh, adding to our list. Um, we're toward a, sort of near the end of our uh, Civilizations in Review section. There's very few uh, ancient civilizations left, so it might get a little bit harder for, for those listening who want to help finish our, our Civilizations section entirely. It's a little bit harder, but I think that makes the challenge, as you just said, Andra. Um, you know, the, these empires, civilizations, dynasties, kingdoms, etc., are still part of history. There's one before and one after it. And so they're sort of the timeline of ancient communities is also something that's been really useful. 
for a lot of our members. Um, and I've been really excited to uh, read this so far. So um, yeah, I, I'm just curious sort of what fun fact uh, initially really interests you about this empire. You know, a, a fun fact in general that interests me is actually the fact that there is not much written about it. Because when I read about it the first time and I realized what the suffrages were all about, I realized that it's actually very, very similar to what has happened in nowadays in parts of the in other parts of the world. For example, recently, you know, the Taliban took over Afghanistan in a similar manner that um, the Safari dynasty started being formed. At the time, um, the Abbasids were controlling the region and Yakub um, was a coppersmith. And um, he started gaining a lot of followers next to him. He was talking about the politics. He was talking about the um, Ira Iranian resistance since um, the dynasty was formed very shortly after the Arab conquest of Iran. He had these very nationalistic um, ideas in mind. So it was the first dynasty which actually took um, cis power by force. So for me, that was quite interesting that it's not really that developed in terms of online resources, because the history is very similar to what's happening in some parts of the world these days. Not that much of a fun fact, but something maybe that I thought it's quite interesting. No, you're right. Is what? You know, it's very interesting. Uh, sorry, is we're good. Okay. Yeah, we're first. <laughs> okay. Um, it, it's something that I usually like talk about, especially in the politics wise, because it kind of shaped like what I can see here is that the way that the military dynasty was organized, uh, it usually shapes how the country ends up being. So the fact that you brought yeah. up, you know, like the politics, how you end up, uh, how you brought up how it was then versus how it looks like now, I think it's very, very relevant. Um, tell me a little, I, I would like to know a little bit more about this ruling system and how it sort of like, kind of like influenced what the ruling system, let's say in Iran or Afghanistan looks like now. So if you look at um, their history, their founder and actually, you know, the head of the dynasty and the person who inspired the movement, because the movement uh, brought together a lot of warriors and volunteers from all over the place. And Yakub um, and then his brother Amr, and there is something very interesting about the history that I will get further on into. They were very expansionistic. So they seized power by force and throughout their various campaigns, they always went and had very brutal fightings with other dynasties around the region. Um, for example, something that um, they, one of the biggest fights that they had, and actually it was then when they got expanded the most, was with the Karijids. And this was the seizing of the power in Khorasan. And after that, they became, uh, they reached their peak of influence in eight, uh, 873. And they had a very expansionist style. They seized power by force. They were always fighting a lot. And they also had slaves that were doing a lot of business for them, that were doing um, their course. So they were what you'd call today a modern day dictators. And also Yakub was the type of the type of leader that didn't listen to anyone. Uh, the only two people that had access to him were his brother Amr, and then he had a 
his right hand that was advising him on matters regarding the military. But he was eventually the one who took all the decision and he was the one who, who prompted the military in a sense. Fascinating. Um, yeah, that, that's a pretty typical political style with a lot of these ancient empires where military expansion, yeah. <laughs> uh, slavery, like th those pieces are, are pretty common in a lot of these empires. So that doesn't surprise me that that's the Safarid model. Fascinating. Even, uh, even within the empire itself, and if I can uh, just mention something because it's very related, even in, in within the empire itself, um, initially it was not Amru. So Amru is the younger brother of Yaqub. It was not him who was supposed to take over them, uh, the dynasty, the, the Safari dynasty. It was actually um, his, his older brother. They had a brother in between and he was the one who was supposed to take the dynasty. And Amru defeated his own brother and then that's how he ended up in power. Fascinating. <laughs> Good to know. Um, I, I'm curious, sort of in your, your research, obviously, the, the ruling system is probably the easiest thing to, uh, to focus on. But sort of the, the modern influence, that's one of my favorite sections. I think it's interesting to see, uh, you know, this was over a 1000 years ago, the impacts still today. Um, you know, tell me, are there some some impacts other than the dynasties to follow that the Saffords have left behind? I would say that they don't really have that much modern influence today, in addition to their, you know, to their mode of organization, or in addition to some patterns that you can see on their creation, um, the way they were created and they were the, the way they operated. I believe, you know, when these dynasties started being created and operating, um, eventually, you know, as time passed by, the rulers of next dynasty or future dynasties took inspiration, and in a way, it was followed and follow and follow until this day. But in terms of their modern day influence, um, they didn't create any sort of historical uh, legacy or poetry legacy. Fair. I mean, not every empire can. Just just curious mm -hmm. if there was something specifically you uh, you noticed. I mean, I know you talked about a couple of poets, so that's that's something that has left. Uh, it's yeah, they, there were some points indeed that, okay. um, but they were mostly very popular during that day. One of them was Muhammad Ibn Wasif, and the other one was Fairuz Mashriki, and they were popular during that time. Nice. I love Persian poetry. Well, what's translated because I don't speak Persian. So it's it's actually a very big influence that, you know, the world has and that we are we get to enjoy. Um, and I think about that, you know, like reading about this uh, uh, empire because it, it thinking like the history wise. Uh, it, it kind of was like a trend, you know, to like form this sort of dynasty and then someone someone else followed and, and it kind of created it, that arena and that space for it to be sort of like this. It kind of just kept like developing into, I guess, what it looks like now, what we know of now. So in general, I think that I would say like how how was how did it historically decline or what was it like, you know, at the ending or what was it that like made it sort of like uh not be you know as powerful anymore you know it's funny that you mentioned about persian poetry in fact my favorite quote in the world one of my best friends is is uh, from iran she lives in france but one of my favorite quotes is this too shall pass 
and I only say it. So, um, but coming back to the safaris, I think in terms of their decline, you know what goes starts from war. I'm a true believer. That's what starts in war, and um, what prompts people, you know, to go to war and start wars. It also will end up because of war. And it was really this how dynasty ended. It was the great grandson of Amr. And uh, during the time of Amr, even though the dynasty didn't collapse, even though they were still sending gifts to other um, rulers around the region, because this was one of the ta tactics to get along on the face with rulers in the nearby dynasties um, for their own uh, convenience and for their own plans and tactical reasons. Um, but after Amr passed away, then the dynasty really started declining, and then his grandson was uh, defeated, and then that was the end of the dynasty. That's usually how it goes. Someone that creates That's like a pretty typical story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. I mean, we have uh, ninety-three in total. Eventually, we'll have ninety-three in total different empires, and I've heard this exact story probably fifteen times already um just of you know different part of the region different uh time period different name different geography but a very very similar uh style of rule very you know authoritarian yeah. expansionist militaristic once the ruling family like passes away or the, oh, the grandson does something weird then the empire kind of goes away like this yeah. is a very similar uh space to many many other empires which it's not a bad thing it's that's what they did. It's just an interesting that there is such continuity among so many different aspects of the region's empires. Yeah. It's cool. Um, but but I, I want to talk about some something that makes the Safarids unique. I think um, its inception is, is quite interesting. The um, coppersmith uh, situation, uh, if you can talk a little bit more about that, I would be really interested to learn more. So indeed, Yakub, he was born in 1840 and he was born actually in a small town called uh, Karnin and it was east of Zaranj. So Zaranj once again was actually the capital of the dynasty and is now a city in Afghanistan. And he really worked as a coppersmith, but he was he was very... Um, he was a people's person in a way. He was very good at explaining his reasons. He was very good at convincing common people of his idea and that what he's saying is actually the right thing. He became kind of an influencer, modern day influencer in the region. And um, he had at the time, one of his biggest um, rhetorics and one of his biggest speeches was against the Abbasids because he was really against this um, aristocratic type of leadership and against the um, the, the aristocratic way of leading the, the region. So this were, was one of the um, core elements of his leadership that actually brought him into power. And afterwards, during that time, because he became a very, very uh, popular person in the region, he was actually um, asked by um, he was actually asked by another leader in the region to join him in fighting. And then when that leader passed away, um, he actually, Jakob seized the power and then he, he controlled, he started controlling the regions. Yeah, actually, you know, I think that's what kind of like leads to sort of like declines in, in these areas is that you, not everyone has the same personality, you know, like you said, he was a modern day influencer. 
So like, I mean, he was famous, people liked him, people loved him. Yeah. I always said it, like a ruler must be loved or feared. Like it's either one or the two. So when you don't have this sort of like, when you don't have that outtake to people, you know, it's like, it, it kind of just like loses the, the value. So, you know, yeah. I mean, like, did he, considering this great relationship that he had with the people, you know, were there more like sort of relationships that were built in the like allies in rivalry? way in way in a way that sort of like helped him throughout this inception actually that's even crazier because he didn't ever want any allies so he was uh i work alone i don't want anyone uh, but he did he did get a proposal at some point the leader of the jean's rebels he proposed an alliance with yakub and it was really over this common um negative attitude of, uh, against the abbasids and to to kind of emphasize how good of a convincer he was, so the Safarids defeated the Karajids. The Karajids were at the time their biggest rival in the Khorasan region. After they defeated them, they killed their leader, they cut his head, and Yakub incorporated many of their warriors into the Safarid military because they were saying that, you know, we are all fighting against the Abbasids. So this guy managed to get so many of the warriors and the previous leader of these warriors was killed by a coup. So to me, that was crazy. There was like, how is this even possible? Integrating yeah. your conquered like armies into your own, another pretty classic uh, ancient empire move. This is, this is really interesting. Kind of like the most um, common ways of ruling, engaging, growing, the Safford has done all of these. That, that's so, 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 so fascinating to me. Um, of like, Everything you have mentioned is not unique, not a bad or good thing. It's just interesting that, that those are the pieces that have continued and sustained. Um, you know, because by time-wise, to be the year 800 to 1,000 is pretty late in the ancient empire games, since several of them span, you know, 3,000, mm -hmm. 5,000 BCE, right? So, you know, Islam is, is in full force. They're probably the eighth or ninth. Uh, post-Islam Iranian Persian Empire, right? So it, it's cool to see that even, you know, from 5,000 years prior to that, these components are still um, embedded in how this empire or dynasty ruled itself. It's just so interesting to, to hear the the similar components. Um, I kind of, I really enjoy that. that. Those are the, if you want to run an empire in the ancient Middle Eastern world, here's how. It's, it's kind of the, the Saparid tagline it sounds like <laughs> it's interesting it's consistent They're yeah consistent. seriously consistent. very much so <laughs> yeah. um that's so interesting uh one of the things i uh, really love to do when, when uploading these empires is find the cover photo um I, th I think it's always cool um to you know see what visually can represent some of these ancient empires um the one for this cover photo is a, a statue of um the main person of yakuba safar um I wasn't sure if you like have any more details about it, but I just think it's a it's a cool little piece that I always like to highlight in the calls um, because it it showcases the um, I don't know unique photo elements of uh, each empire. It's fine if you don't have any more details about it. It's just a statue. No, of... no, 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 no. The the photo <laughs> is actually it represents they were fighting a lot on horses and yeah, the yeah. the that's what they represent a soldier yeah. um fighting on a horse. And as you can see, the soldier is dressed pretty normally. So it represents the the fact that the the followers of the dynasty and the people that were there in the dynasty were common people. Yeah. 
this yeah. this uh, specific statue is literally on the Afghanistan Iranian border, but in Iran. Um, it's like right. It's literally right on the edge. Um, you know, walk thirty minutes if not less, and you'd be in Afghanistan. Um, so I thought that was cool as well. Like the far eastern stretch of Iran, which is you know it's really the heart of this empire, anyways. Dynasty, excuse me, um, is where this modern uh, statue is. And uh, nothing more to say than that. I just think it's a pretty cool uh, little piece of like geography as well as you know the horseback military, you know recognizing. Yakub bin Safar's uh, role. Just something I wanted to mention. Um, yeah, that's, that's yeah. really cool. It's definitely, if uh, I ever go to Afghanistan, I will definitely check it out and remember, hey, I wrote, I, I wrote a piece about this. <laughs> finally seeing it. I love that. That's fabulous. I'll uh, definitely remember it if I ever see it. I'm going to be like, hey, now I know who you are <laughs> and what you did. Yeah. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, it's it's a it's a forty minute drive between Zabul and Zaranj. Um, they're both on the border. Zaranj is the Afghanistan side. Zabul is the Iranian. But regardless, I mean, those borders did not exist back then, right? They do now. Um, yeah. So it's just cool to see sort of the the malleability as well um, of this ancient empire. Dynasty. How has changed? How has changed the city, or how has changed these great countries over time? And also yeah. that you know, they still sort of hold a little bit of like like a small piece of these civilizations. It's a great thing to see because a lot of times, well, in other places of the world, you don't really get this sort of like richness from what was there before. There's a lot that's been lost. So it's a yeah. pretty cool thing. It's another consistent thing about you know Middle Eastern uh, empires or dynasties that many of the uh, artifacts or things are like are still there and you can still go and you know maybe see them or, or whether it's just the wall that represents something or a statue you know it's just as important for these great empires and anything else that likes really like you know that made you feel like really uh, excited or or like what was you know besides finding a challenge but the main reason why this this appeared to be really interesting to you to write about I think it was just, you know, the fact that it was about Persia and it was a, it's eventually a Persian dynasty. And I really, you know, the name also resonated with me. I was the Safari. It's okay. I would like to write about this. It, it, it sounds nice. Um, and I saw that it's a per Persian Sunni dynasty. And I just wanted to research more about it. I studied law, so I was not really, I'm, I'm not necessarily a history person. So I just wanted, because I saw that it's also, it's not much written about it. So I just wanted to see, you know, let's learn something new. We certainly did. I learned about this awesome, yeah. you know story with you and, and something I also really you know I thought it was quite interesting was the fact that they actually created a new coin so mm -hmm. as they were, were conquering the different parts of the region they actually conquered one of the biggest silver areas in the area which was the Panijir mines and then they took all the silver from the mines and they started creating their own coins so they were really, they were really trying to take over the the place. Well, I mean, the founder was a coppersmith, so that doesn't surprise me <laughs> that they uh, designed yeah. this currency. Um, the last thing I, I really want to mention that I think is really fascinating that we haven't talked about yet. Um, you mentioned it in your key accomplishments section, um, and actually, this loops in your empire too, Anna, because it's related to the Seljuks, which is yeah. the empire that Anna wrote about. Um, it's called the Iranian Intermezzo or the Persian Renaissance. 
um, the Safarids is like smack in the middle of this Sunni revival of, of the end of the Abbasid and the Sasanian two other empires on Al-Fuzayk's website. Um, that's sort of the, the meeting of the Seljuk empire and five or six Iranian empires sort of meeting in the middle and, and reviving Renaissance art, culture, poetry, et cetera. We've talked about poets. We've talked about all this other cool stuff. I just think it's really interesting because all of the empires are also on Al-Fuzayk, but specifically on a, the reason I asked you to be here today is because your empire directly connects to, or was not necessarily friends with, but in the same time, as the Safarids um, of this Iranian intermezzo. So I was just curious if you have any other details about um, you know, this, this period of Iranian uh, Turkish history. I think that something that uh, it's not very like uh, noticeable in the Safarids, but that it's really a key accomplishment in the Seljuks is the modern influence that they had in the arts and the so the sort of the different, like this sort of like Renaissance idea when they started like really building um, what they wanted the legacy or, or like to look like uh, as an empire. I mean, um, the Seljuks for some time were incredibly strong. And so, so there's a lot of uh, sort of like similarities uh, that I would find like, uh, like the, in the economics part, you know, like not only having this active, like, the Safarids made their own coin, but then the Seljuks were the ones that sort of introduced diplomacy and kind of like moved on in like this tin road idea um, and, and, and moving a lot of the, they, they kind of integrated diplomacy in just like trades, just as simple as that. Um, and sort of like, you know, I guess the modern influence is the one thing about the Seljuk that's very different from the Safarids because there's still modern influence in, in actually jewels and in art and many other things uh, uh, like in Turkish history, which is really uh, prominent also in Turkish history in general, but um, definitely not many, not much poetry, but this is like very fascinating because it all happened around the same time. And this is how it sort of like became uh, a legacy like for the rest of time. I mean, people still look back to the poetry and the uh, modern influence in arts and jewels and, and clothes and the things that they were sort of trading. Um, so th th that was one thing that I think that I find like sort of similarities and then see how, you know, it kind of relates to it being in, in the same time. Fabulous. Yeah, I, I just, I love that phrase, the intermezzo, just generally, I think that's an interesting mm -hmm. word, but to talk about mm -hmm. this like, artistic, Islamic, Sunni, Iranian cultural like revival that the Safarids were very much a part of, um, I think is, is something really fabulous. So uh, I just wanted to flag it before we end that uh, that was yeah. this time period in Iranian history that the Seljuks were connected to. Obviously the Seljuks are, are based in modern day Turkey now, but still this sort of uh, reculturalization in a way um, of the region yeah. that the Safarids helps your head. I think that's pretty cool. That revival piece that you mentioned is actually very true because this is something really big in the, uh, Islamic history that, you know, that it's like, oh, you know, we call ourselves the revivalists, like we're bringing it back and we're sort of like making this happen. And, 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 I, and it did, I mean, eventually it did create a legacy. I mean, we're here talking about it. So this, I think, I guess this is the intention. <laughs> yeah. Very much so. Fabulous. Well, any any final uh, pieces you'd like to share with us, Andre, before we wrap up? Um, I appreciate your time and you writing this fabulous article, but any last things you want to share with us? No, nothing. It was really nice to, to be here today. Thank you so much for the invitation. And I would just like to remind everyone who is watching us to follow Alpha Sake. Oh, 
the best. Thank you, Andra. Thank you, Anna, for um, your Seljuk knowledge as its writer, as well as interviewing and chatting with Andra. Thank you, Andra, for this fabulous article, um, really putting the piece of the puzzle of Iranian history. Um, and thank you to our fabulous listeners for engaging with us, connecting on our website. Um, please read the article in its entirety. We missed a lot of pieces. There's more to learn and more to engage with. Um, yeah, and follow us at alfusaic.net. That's A-L-F-U-S-A-I-C dot N-E-T. Thanks all so much. Bye-bye.